Welcome to episode four of the Nostalgia Mixtape, a podcast that celebrates all things that give us nostalgic feels from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, as well as new pop culture events with a throwback twist. I'm your host, Ty Gooden. Hey, everybody. This is your girl, Christina. And today we will be talking about 90s R&B music. But before we get into today's episode, please make sure you follow us on all the socials. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Nostalgia Mix Pod. And you can also keep the conversation going with us with the hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod if you have any reactions to what we're saying or any additional thoughts of your own. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and rate our podcast as well. Um, we can also be found on Podbean and on our WordPress page at nostalgiamixpod.wordpress.com. And we are currently working on getting on Google Play. Once we are there and available, we'll definitely be tweeting and, and Instagramming and letting you guys all know when we're available on that platform. But before we get into the R&B music that we'll be talking about today, of course, we're going to do our nostalgia recap. So, Christina, what do you have for us to, for today? Um, so, like, I have a sleeper hit of a movie that only, like, the real deal, true OGs know about. It is the 31st anniversary of the, one of the greatest animated movies ever, The Brave Little Toaster. Um, I yeah. love this movie. It's a movie about, um, it's kind of like Toy Story, but for random appliances, because there is obviously a Brave Little Toaster, and there is a vac, like an old school vacuum cleaner, and like a dial radio and like an electric blanket and they get into all sorts of crazy hijinks um there's actually like two or three movies um there's one where they go to mars somehow mm -hmm. um their like owner is a scientist and uh is in school and they basically kind of help him out and you know in the first movie he loses his uh thesis paper and so they do all this work to try to get his thesis paper back um it's an adorable movie it's really funny um, he's also a vet, I think, and so they, like, have a party with the animals, so it's, like, all these appliances talking and all these animals yeah. talking and doing ridiculous things. It's just a fun, cheeky little movie, and it's about as old as I am, but it's one of those movies that, like, I love to watch, and it's on Netflix, so go watch it if you've got a moment. Okay, so since it's on Netflix, I definitely gotta go and watch it. I have seen it before, uh -huh. but it has been a very long time. Same. Like, I remember the movie... I remember that they had, because I think it was like two or three movies, right? Yes, there's about, I think there's three of them on Netflix. Okay, so all three on Netflix. I believe so, yes. Mm, okay, mm -hmm. cool, cool. Fun times, one of my favorite movies ever. What you got? Uh, well, this weekend on Sunday, because we are recording on the 10th, which is a Tuesday, so on Sunday the 8th, I participated in the Princess Diaries live tweet. Um, it was so much fun. So Kayla put it all together and she's uh, the person that did our logo for Nostalgia Mixtape podcast. And she um, has done some work before. Um, she's written for uh, Romescla and a lot of other places. And she's very, very talented. Um, but one of her big specialties is kind of organizing and putting together these live tweets of like, old uh disney movies and you know just really feel good movies or whatever that's kind of her her specialty her thing mm -hmm. and it was a lot of fun she um had a featured guest it was heather matarazzo and she played mia's best friend lily in the movie 
I love this movie so much. I did. As soon as she said she was doing it, I was like, you know what? This is this is awesome. This falls like right in line with exactly what our podcast is about. You know, exactly. just looking back at things from back in the day and getting all those good feels and remembering how much you love something, you know, even though you haven't seen it and experienced it in a while. And like watching it, for me, I hadn't seen it in probably about four years. And mm-hmm. I was so excited, like from the very beginning, as soon as Supergirl came on, <laughs> you know, in the very beginning of it, I was like, oh I my love God. that song. I was like, I love this song. I love this movie so much. And um, I had completely forgotten. I don't even know. Did I forget or did I even really know in the first place? I may not have even known in the first place that Whitney Houston had a hand in the movie. Yes, she did. Found that out through the live tweet. I was unfortunately at work, which sucked. But um, I caught a couple of the tweets when I got home and I didn't know that. Well, I feel like I knew it and forgot. Right. I don't know. It's one of those things. Yeah, I I think it's a random piece of knowledge that maybe was there one time and just kind of floated off. But either way, Princess Diaries is on Netflix now, too. Um, I wish they would put the second one up there as well, because I'd love for her to come back and do another live tweet and bring Heather back and everything. Heather was so interactive and she was answering fan questions and people were just, you know, tweeting funny lines from the movies and talking about some of the um, DVD commentary and everything like that behind it. So the Diaries live tweet was just so much fun. I I love that movie so much. You know, Netflix is good for having like the first movie and then not the sequel. And I don't know what's up with that, but I'm gonna need them to get it together. (laughs) It really just irks me because I wanted to watch Princess Diaries too, like so bad after this. And uh, now I can't and I looked on like uh, Amazon and you know Hulu and a couple other places and it's, it's on not on any of those streaming places so I'm like oh what Netflix get on it come on now make it work make it happen apparently I found out I saw a tweet today that um, Shonda Rhimes had a hand in writing Princess Diaries too. so like all the black girl magic right um, I saw that all the black girl magic and then it's so funny because Netflix's uh, US Twitter page actually did a princess diaries related tweet that kind of made it made its rounds today and i was like uh okay so you can't convince me that kayla's live tweet didn't have anything to do with that i think they saw you know a good right. amount of people kind of zooming in on that movie and so that's probably why they sent that tweet out so i mean things like live tweeting and, and twitter really does have power and it you know people like netflix the, the big folks in charge really take notice of that type of thing Exactly. Uh, somebody should pay Kayla some money for that. Just to put that out in the atmosphere. Yes. Run her some money because that was great. And she does stuff like that all the time. And she's really good at organizing it and, you know, bringing in a lot of special commentary. And she just has so much general pop culture knowledge, period. Yeah. So shout out to Kayla. We love Kayla. She's a fun person to follow. I haven't met her personally, but uh, she is the definition of awesome um so if again if you don't follow her you should probably go do that yes her twitter handle is maria underscore gisela and i believe it's g-i-e-s-c-l-a i have to double check on that but either way i'll have it in the show notes so that way if you guys check those out i'll have a link to her twitter page and you guys follow her there she's a lot of fun she's a great person um, I've known her for a couple of years now and everything. We met face to face at uh, my very first Dragon Con and I got there early oh, nice. and I needed somewhere to crash. And so she let me crash at her house for a night, even though she only knew me through Twitter. So thank you so much, Kayla. You're amazing. This is why Twitter is a beautiful place. It is. For the most part. <laughs> That's how we became friends, like we said before. Exactly. So, I mean, you can meet people on Twitter and it becomes a real life thing. It's a small world after all. Okay. 
I just I, I couldn't resist that. Sorry. And speaking uh, of Twitter hashtags, I saw another hashtag. I didn't really get a chance to participate in it that much. Um, I wasn't feeling the best over the weekend, but I did see where there was a 80s movie menu hashtag. And it was so funny because people were saying like, um, interesting, pretty and pink lemonade, like naming different Ooh, things that okay. would be on an 80s movie menu. People came up with such creative stuff. It was like uh, space spaghetti and meatballs, <laughs> pretty and pink lemonade. Um, what else did I see? The Breakfast Club Sandwich, I think, was my favorite one. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, but, I mean, people were just throwing out really cute, fun things like that. So I, I love seeing stuff like that on Twitter. Like, live tweets and trending tags are the whole reason that I'm there. They're, like, two of my favorite things about Twitter. Going back to, you know, Kayla being awesome, she had a hashtag a couple weeks ago, or maybe a little bit over a month ago, of, like, explain a Disney movie badly. Yes. Oh, my God, that was so much fun. <laughs> Because you can explain them and it can go so wong and you're like, what is this? But then you're looking like, okay. Yeah, there were it makes you realize how like, weird some plots are in the Disney. Movies. I actually have no idea what movie this is. And then somebody would like put it in the in the like comments and stuff, and I'd be like, you know what? You're exactly right. That's exactly what that movie, what happens in that movie. So, so. do you have anything Hashtags else for fun. the recap? Um. So. I am, we're both kind of Nickelodeon kids. It is the 24th anniversary of the debut of the show Gullah Gullah Island. Um, I am not going to sing the song because I'm going to butcher it. But I remember watching that show so much. It was so much fun to watch. It was, you know, my favorite part was uh, Binya Binya Pollywog. I want to know who it was that was the guy in the big Pollywog suit and shake his hand (laughs) because... He was getting it every single show, hopping around in that big old suit with that big old head. Like, I don't, I don't understand, but he was my favorite part of the show. And it was just fun to see, like, a black family on Nickelodeon yeah. you know, teaching people things and just being awesome. The woman has an amazing singing voice. Um, and she's actually still doing stuff. I think she's like an artist or something, and she sells her art now. Oh, wow. I think I saw um, something like that either on Twitter or Facebook. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite favorite Nickelodeon shows not animated it's a live action show with like puppets and people in suits but so much fun I kind of wanted to come back for like a special or something but lord knows it's probably never gonna happen it, it uh, but a girl won't. can but dream it was a, really, it was a really good show yeah I remember that with Ella Island 24 years it's crazy right we're <laughs> oh getting old oh. things like that make me feel old and I'm just like where has the time gone exactly man I just I don't know 24 years like they really it's really blowing like i know it's so you know it's like obviously it's been a while since it's been around but that's really blowing my mind and and nick had such diverse programming and stuff i mean you look back at it really did yeah i mean you know when you look at other live action shows they've had over the years like the famous jet jackson oh my god i was in love with jet jackson and um uh my brother and me yeah and they had a taina yes yeah i mean so much good stuff or whatever and i mean there was they're, they're doing okay now. I mean, I do see some diversity on there now because I'm still kind of keeping up with some of the stuff through the kids. But, right. yeah, but I mean, those were really good, solid shows. Yeah, a lot of representation, a lot of black families on the show because, like, you know, you had My Brother and Me, you had Keenan and Kel, you had Gullah Gullah Island, um, you know, everyone, you had uh, Hey Arnold's best friend was a black dude. So, like, there's all these all this black representation, Asian representation, like even the cast of like all that, like right. 
it was people from all walks of life. And I don't know if you remember this show on Nickelodeon. It was the the all that before all that called Roundhouse. Um, yes, kind of the same concept. Um, that had a super diverse cast as well. Like Nickelodeon was getting it back in the day. Like they were on one. <laughs> like, right. You know, and the thing I loved about it too, especially with the cast that were diverse like that, is all the different types of music that you heard. So, yes. you know, you had some hip hop, you know, you had just all sorts of genres that you would hear, a lot of the popular music and stuff. So when you go back and if you're able to ever catch and watch any of those things, it's like, oh my God. Like, I mean, it's just the marriage of the creative things they were doing and the comedy and everything and the music was fantastic. They had a lot of hip hop people, a lot of R&B people up there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like TLC did the uh, theme song for all that. And then Coolio did the theme song for Kenan and Kel. Like, right. It was just all of our stars all in one place. Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon in the 90s and the early 2000s was a great place to like be and watch and like be a consumer of their content. Like they were at their prime basically. Like not saying no shade to Nickelodeon now. They're definitely not. I just don't think that they are what they used to be. And that's probably my age talking. Right. Are we, we're ways. officially that age. The back in my I'm day. The point. back in my day age. <laughs> I'm not claiming that. It was better in my day. (laughs) Better back in my day, yes. I guess we are at that age. I guess we are. But you actually segued us perfectly into our topic for today by bringing up TLC. So we are talking about all things 90s R&B music. So what were your just kind of general feelings and thoughts about 90s R&B overall? Um. Looking back, okay, so let me tell you where the idea for this podcast came from, okay. first of all. I was in a mood yesterday. Was it yesterday? Might have been the day before yesterday. And I was like, I don't know why, I just want to listen to T-Pain. Because I had seen him doing like a remix of Boot Up by yeah. LMA, which, spoiler alert, I haven't actually heard the original Boot Up, but it's T-Pain, so I wanted to listen to it. So I was listening to that. And it was dope. And then I went to go listen to some of T-Pain's other music. And then I was just like, you know what? For some odd reason, I want to go listen to 112. So I decided to go listen to 112. And I'm listening mm-hmm. to like Peaches and Cream and Anywhere and all of their other hits. And I'm just like, man, this music still bangs. <laughs> like, yes. It's still good. It doesn't get old. And also, I probably shouldn't have been listening to this music when I was in middle school. Absolutely like, not. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I shouldn't have been listening to any of these songs. And we were just singing along with it, too. Like, (laughs) and had no idea what they were talking about. And now you go back and listen to the stuff, and you're like, oh. Hmm. Probably shouldn't have been listening to this at all. It's probably explained some of the ways that I am now, but definitely shouldn't have been listening to this. Um, So there was a lot of that uh, as I was listening to random music. Um, Like, I went from them. I went to Boys to Men. Mm -hmm. Um, which boys the men is my group um and it's just it just made me feel good it put me in a really great mood um you know it's been personally an interesting couple of days so anything that could put me in a great mood and like shift me from being like kind of down to like feeling hype and ready to dance and all that stuff is always a great mood great thing um so yeah i was like hey ty let's do 90s R&B music and she was very enthusiastic oh yeah about doing it and so here we are <laughs> yeah I mean because I keep it on rotation all the time like I am a playlist type of person um mm-hmm. and I'm always curating I have like a whole bunch of different ones on Spotify because they kind of go with all of my different moods and then I have a 
couple of character playlists because I'm writing a novel right now and stuff like that's the Ravenclaw in me is to <laughs> is to curate things by feelings and make all these different files and everything like that so um, 90s R&B just kind of pops up overall in in pretty much every list that I've got going on or whatever because I just love it so much um, you know I think it was just a it was just a really classic era uh, it's kind of when we saw the birth of hip-hop soul Yes. And, you know, we saw that kind of come through with Mary J who came out and she um, was real street and, you know, and wore the hip hop wear and stuff like that. But she was also singing with this beautiful voice and she, you know, she looked good and everything like that, too. And people were like, OK, this is something different. So you kind of saw that marriage between hip hop and R&B and everything. But you still had a lot of artists that were really keeping it strictly R&B, too. Um, mm-hmm. And the 90s R&B is you know, things come around in circles and in trends and stuff. And now we're starting to hear a lot of those 90s songs being sampled now. Like, right. one of my favorite 90s R&B songs, and I don't know if I can necessarily really consider it R&B because there is a rap element to it too, but it's KP and Envy, Swing My Way. Like That is one of the greatest 90s R&B songs ever, and I want somebody to fight me about it. Like, listen, I, I dare you. KP's, <laughs> KP's flow... And her lyrics are just so smooth. Like, it is the original Shoot Your Shot song. It really is. By a woman, you know? And so I love that so much. And Envy, I mean, she had a beautiful voice and stuff. She's actually from near my hometown. Really? Yeah. And so I remember when the song got big and she blew up and stuff, like, she was just walking around in the mall in my my tiny hometown of Rona Rapids or whatever, because she's actually from, like, Hollister. And, you know, people were, like, running up to her, like, trying to get her autograph and everything. She just looked so bewildered by the whole experience like you know and I remember actually going up to her I didn't get an autograph but I was just kind of talking to her and everything but she was really nice you know really sweet or whatever very beautiful um and she's actually still doing some music on the side now I've kind of heard some bits and pieces of things here and there but yeah that's like one of my favorite songs and so now you're hearing it kind of circle back around because J. Cole sampled um KP and Envy recently on one of his albums um, and then Bryson Tiller sampled uh, the same song in exchange too. As a matter of fact, both of those songs kind of came out at the same time, and so that kind of brought that song back into the back into the map. And then you had Drake with "Fate Love," and that's kind of got a little bit of that pony sample from Genuine and stuff in there. So, you know, I love to hear it come back again because it what it kind of brings that new song. generation in, like my my nieces and nephews. It brings them back around to that music and gives them a connection to it. Exactly exactly i i don't necessarily know how i feel about them sampling some of my favorite songs i'm gonna let them live though like i i actually was hoping that there would be more because that song was such a massive hit like everybody was singing it everybody was learning the lyrics like all of the people that i went to school with were like as soon as that song came on it's like the r&b version of right. if you buck like everybody went up um and so i I was kind of sad that they were one hit wonders. Like I was like, when's the next KP and Envy song coming out? But I mean, they definitely made their mark, got in, got out. Um, I can't be mad at it at all. Um, that song is still one, but like if I'm having a nineties party, like that song had better be on the playlist or else. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> so who are some of the nineties R and B women that you were, that you were into? Um, I was a huge fan of Brandy and Monica back in the day. More so Brandy than Monica at the time. Um, But, like, I remember that Never Say Never album. It is, hands down, top to bottom, one of the best R&B albums ever made. One of my favorites of all time. Um, If that album could have, again, if this album could have grown legs and walked away from me, it would have ran because I listened to it 
constantly. Oh my all god! I mean, and then with the Brandy, time. it was so all the time. dope when she came out and kind of came to her rise too, because she was, you know, speaking from a perspective. And I know you may kind of feel the same way I do, being a brown skinned girl and seeing her come out. And you know, she's beautiful. She's doing her thing. And you know, I really don't think that kids now. You know, when I say kids now, I'm kind of thinking maybe like born after 2000s people really understand how huge uh-huh. Brandy was back in the 90s. Like, I mean, massive. She had she dolls. Like She, she had was TV shows. Girl. She was making multi-platinum albums and stuff. She inspired, you know, I mean, everybody was wearing braids and stuff like that. Like, it, yeah. She was Cinderella. Like, Absolutely. she was our Cinderella. I have a collection of uh, VHS tapes at my grandmother's house that are mine. Um, and one of them is her and Whitney Houston's Cinderella. And I love like, it so much. I, if that VHS tape could have grown legs and walked away, it would have because I watch that movie every chance I get. Every single chance I got. Like, hey, grandma, let's watch uh, Cinderella. Like, let's do that. I really wish they'd have made more of those. Right. With like diverse cast, but you know how that goes. It is, what it is. but I mean that whole that it's kind of like that teen trinity right. that was going on then because you had Brandy, you had Monica, and then you had Aaliyah in the mix too, um, whom I just love and right. adore. And I remember I have a sister that's uh, six years older than I am, and so I mean I remember her and all of her friends like they went through this whole like baggy pants, boxers showing at the top, crop tops, like complete mm-hmm. phase. I wasn't quite old enough to really dress like that like I tried but I couldn't really pull it off because I wasn't Same. you know I mean they were teenagers and everything um and I was just kind of like in that preteen you know preteen loop or whatever I mean but everybody wanted to be Aaliyah like I remember getting my hair straightened and like combing it over one eye because I wanted to look like her and you know yep. learn all the dance moves you know and then you realize and then you realize that that hairstyle is very inconvenient because you're having to like swipe right. your hair out of your face all the time because you can only see right. out of one eyeball. Yeah, that was never fun. <laughs> and I remember learning all the dance moves from her song, like from the videos. Like I would take and record the videos on VHS and just play them over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Like especially when she came out with "Are You That Somebody?" Same. Oh my god, those moves are burned into my brain. The breakdown to that same like I could probably mm, probably can't do the choreography to that song but I was definitely one of those kids that like recorded the videos and like watched it 80,000 times to catch the choreography and that that song that dance that just the whole thing was iconic like will never be duplicated ever again that was just a powerhouse of people um behind Aaliyah you know she had Timberland and Missy behind her and you know was adjacent to Genuine I don't not never really understood what their relationship was i don't know if they were dating or what was going on at the time but you know such a massive group right. of talented people all together like they I mean, dominated the friends was that it, era man. Uh, they really were right uh, and they still are it like missy is still killing it timbaland is still killing it genuine is off being weird he's somewhere still touring and doing his thing fine. and stuff like that but i mean he's definitely He's definitely on some kind of some some odd stuff right now. But I mean, from what I've seen, you know, video clips and what I've seen on Instagram and stuff like that, he still sounds good. He still can dance. You know, he's still kind of doing his thing. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. you don't like genuine, though. I mean, well, there's also that. But like, (laughs) I forgot to put in the show notes 
at the last time we talked about genuine the video of him at 106 oh, Park, he came out on the stretcher <laughs> and then sang pony i forgot about that i'm not gonna forget this time but like and then we can segue into Tyrese. But, like, remember how him and uh, Tyrese and Tank were in, like, this super group? I knew group, it wasn't going to work. up and down was going to be, like, the No, new I knew LSG. it wasn't going to work. Because they all crazy. And they had this <laughs> Every single one of them. Like, they had this performance where they were singing some song. And Tank was playing piano, like, back behind everybody. And Tank and Genuine... Well, not... Not Tang and Genuine. Genuine and Tyrese were like up front singing. And I'm fairly certain Genuine was on something. And like halfway through, like his eyeballs are bugging out of his eye. Like his oh, eyes are bugging out of the sockets. And he just looks like he's just not all there. And then Tyrese just shoots in this look like, Negro, if oh, you don't man. get it together. <laughs> I don't remember. We are on I TV right now. And I, I I, like Genuine. I do. I have a soft, I have a soft spot. You did the for smart Genuine. thing. I love 100% Genuine. I think he's made, you know, good music and stuff throughout the years and stuff. I do. I got a soft spot for Genuine. But when that came out, listen. I mean, he's got some great not, songs. I, I was not paying that here, no mind. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. Especially because Tyrese, you know, been talking crazy. Nope. And I like Tyrese. Like, I mean, we're talking about going back to like the 90s and stuff like that. Sweet Lady, all that stuff. Great. He makes fantastic music. He can sing. If he would just do that. And stop doing the weird Twitter comments. All you gotta hear is that first, like, yeah, just, just stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking about the rock. Get the ne- get the rock's name out of your mouth. Just go back to singing. Just go back to singing. Everything was much right. simpler. Stop trying to and rap. Make too. video. Just cameos, go back to singing. Because like, I love one of my play, favorite videos is when right, he play, was opposite Usher in Usher's My Way video. Yes. Oh my God. I watched it just a couple of days ago. I completely forget that he's in that video. I completely forget he's in that video. So, Usher's My Way was one of the first albums that I remember buying for myself, like, Mm -hmm. on CD. Right? So, I bought it, and I made the mistake of buying it with my father. See, if I'd have bought it with my mom, she would have been fine. So, my dad, Mm -hmm. I bought it with my father, and it had a parental advisory sticker on it. I'm still not entirely sure why it had a parental Uh, advisory sticker on it, but we're just going to go You know, he wasn't cursing, Um, but he was definitely talking about some sexually suggestive stuff. It had, like, nice and slow and stuff up there, too, right? Yeah, also. So, my dad noticed the parental advisory sticker, took the CD, and then, like, made me a cassette tape of the songs (laughs) that he thought were appropriate. There was, like, four songs. Your dad made a whole new non-sexual show. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? Like, give me the CD back. Or, like, can we take the CD back to the store so I can get my money back and buy something else? He gave you one-fourth of an album. When I go to his... Right. Like when I go back to his house, every time I see it on the rack, I'm like, I'm going to steal it. I'm going to take it from his house because I paid for it. <laughs> like he doesn't want to cop to the fact that I paid for it, but I paid for it. And the next time I see it, oh my I'm God. stealing it. <laughs> like, I remember I had, like I was on Facebook probably a couple of years ago or something like that. And so I, you know, put a Facebook status and I was like, you know, it's seven o'clock on the dot. And literally people came swarming into my comments and created the entire rest of the song like in my comments and it was so awesome Sounds because about right. i was just i was just tweeting, about right. you know, i mean not tweeting i was just you know facebooking and doing a facebook status of like a random song lyric people do it all the time and i mean no sooner than i like press post right. on it somebody immediately was like i'm in my trap top cruising the streets 
I don't mean everybody just came like one line after she doesn't the other know after the other one. I mean, but it's just we were having like a total Facebook sing along. If people don't know what the next song lyric is after it's seven o'clock on the dot, they may or may not be too young for exactly. you. Exactly. You gotta know that song. I mean, everybody knows it. But it's it's weird how those lyrics stick in your head. Isn't Kamora Lee in that video? Like, isn't she the girl in the Nice and I Slow video? I think so. Like, the only thing I remember about the Nice and Slow video is Usher with the guitar that he wasn't playing. Um, there were, like, random explosions right. and stuff at the end. And I'm like, this just seems really off for a video for, like, a sexy song. Wait, wasn't, like, like the, the whole building was, the like, Wasn't the cut, like, an right? action movie? Was it a full action movie? Did he do, hmm. he did, like, a full-on, like, action Michael Jackson-style video for it? I don't think it was that long. I think it was like seven minutes, but I feel like it was like a long thing. Were people riding motorcycles? Hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Some of it's coming back There was a lot of now. weird things happening in that video. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, stuff was exploding and I was just like, I don't know, Usher. Like, I, don't I know was what's down happening. when you was like, you know, you know, because back in the 90s, like with the videos, they always, for some reason, had the camera like at people's feet. And people would be like stepping over the mm -hmm. camera and just like looming large over it and stuff. And so, you know, he's like sliding and he's got the guitar and stuff. He's got his chest out. I'm like, okay, I see you, Usher. But then stuff is exploding. And I'm like, what? What has happened, sir? I remember the My Way video. Not the My Way video. You make me want to? What's the name of that song? Yes, yes. that one. Ooh. Thank you. Um, and how there was like multiple Ushers dancing around with each other <laughs> and like. He danced out of his shoes. Yes, at the end. And, and just dropped left. his pants. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was a weird, it was a weird time. But Usher was the, Usher was the man though. Like, I mean, people are always talking about Confessions Usher, but 90s Usher was it. I'm fairly certain he was fake playing the guitar in that video too. Now that I think about it. <laughs> what is up with him not playing the guitar, not actually playing the guitar in the video? Like, why was that a trend for him? Musicians are sexy, right? I mean, but he already can sing. He's and already sexy, good. so I don't know. So I wish he, you know, and I saw him in we'll concert just... um, in 2010. I think it was the OMG tour when Trey songs opened for him. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I but that I, was the first time I, I met wish Trey songs. He had done more 90s stuff. Like, I mean, I know it was the OMG tour, but he did reach back and yeah. do like some confession stuff and everything. But I wanted to hear some more 90s stuff, too. I wish he had mixed it up a little bit more. But either way, I mean, the concert was still like incredible. I loved it. I need him to go all the way back, like all the way back before the My Way era and pull Think of You back out of the crates. Because oh. that is low-key my okay. favorite. Yeah, he'd he have like, so many people confused. Like, you know how when you go to a concert and you're like a diehard fan and then you right beside people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but some, for some reason, people that only know like three songs sit in the front row or sit or are like near the front mm -hmm. or something like that. Or they're there taking up space near the front where the diehard should be at. And then they pull something like <laughs> out the crate, like way out of the joint, out of the like, out of the depths of the like, album. And they're song? looking like, uh, this is an OMG. This isn't Confessions. I experienced, right. I experienced that at a Trey Songz concert. We're going to talk about Trey Songz a lot because this is why we're me and Ty are friends. Um, was it when we went to the Anticipation Tour? Yes. So I won some tickets to the Anticipation Tour and was in like the fifth or sixth row or something like that. And it's the Anticipation Tour. He's supposed to be doing, you know, some deep cuts right. and stuff like that. And so he pulls out one of those songs 
from one of his mixtapes that not everybody knows about. And like these two white girls were standing in front of me like, I've never heard this song. What is this song from? And me and like the person I was with just kind of hung our heads right. like, why are you here? <laughs> like, go away. I think when we saw Trey, when you came up to my house and we saw him over in, um, in Norfolk, Virginia last time and he did that tour. Now that crowd seemed to be more of a diehard crowd. Because I felt like they were singing they along were a lot more and people were like freaking out when he was doing stuff from the mixtapes. And I love it when it's like that. Like, exactly. More gotta that, be, Gotta be diehard, diehard, or whatever. So what other women, um, kind of oh. steering back to where we were going with the talking about women in 90s R&B and all that stuff like that. What other women were you, were you digging back in the 90s? Um, TLC was a big deal mm-hmm. back then. I know I played out... I believe fan mail was the 2000s. Yeah, it was. And so, but like, who didn't Crazy love the creep video with the silky pajamas, which I still want a pair of silky pajamas and doing like the right. creep dance. Like, it's another one of those songs where like, it has a dance and you have to do that dance in the video. Like when you hear right. the song, like you can't do anything else. You have to do that particular dance. And everybody knows little creep sway and, uh, the dance to waterfalls. Yeah, TLC had uh, iconic how videos. iconic that yeah. verse is. I need radio stations to stop editing out Lisa Left Eye's verse on waterfalls, please. Stop doing it. Like, it's iconic. It's supposed right. to be there. The song sounds weird without it. Stop editing it out. Leave it in. Well, it's one of my favorite please parts of the song. So, I hate when I hear it on the radio and they just really kind of take it out like she wasn't there because she was such a integral part of the group and she brought such an interesting you know dynamic to the three of them or whatever love TLC crazy sexy cool still in rotation kick your game like all of those like cuts from off the album know all of them Mm -hmm. again shouldn't have been listening to it but I knew it I'm fairly certain they were probably one of the first concerts I saw I remember seeing a concert it was them during the crazy sexy Mm -hmm. cool era it was boys to men and Montel Jordan Ooh. That's what I'm gonna go with. I like Montel. So much fun. He's I a minister too. of music down in Georgia now. I thought he was a pastor, but that sounds actually way more like Yeah, I don't him. know if he's a pastor or not. You may and you may be right about that or whatever, but last I saw I, I believe he was a minister of music. Um I know he had written a book like okay. his wife or something and they were talking about all the things they went through. Montel is kind of he's one of those 90s artists that I wish we had gotten more from. Um, you know, and I know yes. this is how we do it and get it on tonight. We're like big hits for him. Particularly, this is how we do it. That's kind of what really cemented his, you know, right. forever cemented him into the music echelon or whatever. But I don't know. I wish we had gotten more from him. But I think it was the industry and the women and everything that just kind of got the best of him. Yeah. He had another song that I liked um, called Let's Ride. Another one of those songs where I should not have been listening oh, to it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Let's um, ride. But it had like Master P and Silk the Shock yes. on it. Yes. Just like. What is this pairing of people? But the song was dope. So the so. shock is so bad. He's just a bad <laughs> rapper. I don't even know why we let that happen. Why were we listening to he, that? Because he was cute. Right. Was like, I thought he was cute. He was the no. only member of the No Limit Soldiers that was cute. So we let it go. <laughs> oh, man. I did. And I, I definitely had a thing for Silk the Shocker. Oh, my God. Especially when he was on Maya's song. Because like, I was a humongous Maya fan. Like right, right beside be all the stuff, like all the pictures that I had of B2K and stuff on my walls before they were there. And even when they got there, Maya was there. Like when she came out with It's All About Me with Cisco, 
I uh. got that song on V oh not on VHS on cassette tape and I just played it over and over and over again. I learned all the dances. I got her first CD. Like it's still upstairs in my big CD crate right now. Whatever. Like I bought all of her CDs, all of them. Um, even now they to this day, I love recently... Maya so much. They actually just recently did that song again together. It's been like 20 years since that song came out too. Right. And like she had posted on Instagram that like her and Cisco had linked up somewhere and like performed that song together. And I really wish that I'd been there for it because I love that song so much. Me too. And they've remained good friends over the years. Um, and I know she's done some stuff with the Drew Hill guys a couple of times where they've done like some 90s related type tour or something like that or whatever, okay. or like a throwback night or something. Because, I mean, they're from Baltimore. She's from PG County. So they kind of from around the same area and everything, too. Uh, I've seen Drew Hill recently. That was an experience. Okay. Was it a good experience or a bad one? Okay. So full disclosure, I only pay, I think we paid like $5 for this concert. They were performing at a fair in town. And me and my sister Sorry. were very hype. It's really strange to get like me and my older sister to like agree to go see something together. Like it doesn't happen very often. But we both actually like Drew Hill a lot. Okay. And so, and the concert was only $5. So we went. And there were only three of them. Okay. Everybody knows Cisco. Right. He's the one with the dragon microphone. So you know which one is him. <laughs> and then the other two people on stage, we really didn't know who they were. <laughs> For like a Ew. good 30, 45 minutes. Come to find out one of them is Nokio and the other one is a new guy that they've got in the group who I've never heard of before. Okay, was it the like, fifth guy that they like randomly added later? No, was no, no, it, no. Was no. it that guy? There's a new, no, 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 no. There's a new, new guy. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. So there's a new, new guy. They didn't sing all of one song. Like when I tell you they sang the first verse and then the end of the song for oh. every single song. They sang the first verse and the end of the song. Where was this? This was last year sometime. You know what? <laughs> That's wow. Because Oh, it gets oh, it gets way worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else happened? So, <laughs> I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> oh no, no, no. This is a, a awesome story. So Jazz wasn't there. He was injured. And realistically, I only go to a Drew Hill concert at this point to hear one song. I just need to hear Beauty and Tell Me and, like, one other thing, and then I can go home. Right. So for Jazz to not be there to sing Beauty, like, broke my heart, right? Um, so the, the new, new guy sang it, and I was like, you're fine, but you're not Jazz, so you can get off the stage. So then they bought out the second new, the first new guy, like, when they randomly had five members in the group. Okay, that guy. Yeah. I don't know. His right. Name exactly <laughs> and i was like well okay so they did the songs from like that the drew world order album so they did i should be your boyfriend and all that stuff and it was song. fine yeah and cisco did his thing so he sang the thong song they did they did one song twice but they did like the regular and then the remix and then they did a rock remix of something because apparently Nokia was in a rock band like when he's not in Drew Hill. It was just a mess. Oh. And again, every single song was first verse, end of the song. Every single one. Hmm. So we were like, where's the second verse of Beauty? Where is the second <laughs> verse of Tell Me? Like, where? what do y'all... It's like you did a minute and a half of the song and then decided to go, like, next song. So they came out there with random people and sang pieces of songs. Basically. And then Cisco did all of the thong song. But it's a Drew Hill thing, right? 
Right. <laughs> but you can't have Cisco on stage and him not sing the thong song. So no, no I get it. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for him singing the thong song. So I saw them last year too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my aunt and my stepmom came up because we were having a spring jam here. And so mm-hmm. it was Drew Hill, Jagged Edge, Michelle, Monica, and Guy. Okay. And, you know, I'm not a big, so I think, who came first? Jagged Edge came and they did their thing and stuff like that. I'll give it to them. I'm not really a big Jagged Edge fan, but they sounded great. Um, even with missing a guy, they were like randomly missing a person too or whatever. So Drew Hill comes out. Okay. Yeah, Drew Hill comes out. Same thing. There's like, there's only three people there. There's Cisco. There's Nokio, um, who, like you, I didn't recognize because he had his head like, he had like five scarves around his head. Okay, like, I mean, same thing happened to this show. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, and they weren't like, I, I don't know. It didn't appear to be like a religious type thing or anything no. like that. Like he just had like scarves that you're supposed to wear around your neck, mm-hmm. like around his, his face neck and his head. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And then the third guy was, they said was Jazz's brother because Jazz was again injured. Like, so I don't know how close my show was with your show or whatever but that was the story so i was like okay whatever they sounded uh they sounded pretty good um like i said it just it's the harmony's not the same without four people there you know it really isn't yeah i mean so they sounded pretty good or whatever cisco sounded good i'll give it to cisco you know people can say what they want to say about him but he can sing and he can can still sing and i mean he sounded really great or whatever um absolutely i don't know if nokio was singing or not so nokio suddenly appeared with like an armful of roses i'm like okay same thing happened you know maybe he's gonna what go they do. and like do some romantic thing he's gonna like hand them out to the ladies in the audience you know get the mood going or something like that no nokio takes these roses and he starts like chucking them out like he's like throwing a baseball like petals are flying off the roses and they're just like falling in the audience and nobody's even trying to catch him because they're like what is he doing like he was sitting he was just like violently throwing roses at people and i'm like what what are you doing? They did actually, <laughs> they, they did the whole songs. So they didn't give us like a piece of a song or anything. Um, Cisco came out and did his own thing, which honestly probably was the best part of it or whatever. But it was just, it was, it was just weird. And it made me kind of sad um, because Same. I love Drew Hill so, so much. Like Tell Me is one of my favorite songs of all time. Once again, another dance. You know, everybody knows the Tell Me dance from the video. Like, uh-huh. and I do, I love Drew Hill. And I was, I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was like super into Cisco. See, I was in a Nokia back then. Super which made the whole, like, Nokia being, like, he would wander off by the speakers, like, not looking right. like he was singing at all, just wander off to the side of the stage. And you'd just be like, Nick, what are you doing? Like, I don't know what so it, it, it was. It was a little heartbreaking. Bless but. him. And, and Jazz's brother, he sounded good. Um, he tried. And it's, they sang Beauty. And so he sang Beauty in his brother's place. But it still, it just wasn't the same. Like, no. Jazz has such a unique voice. He could get out there. He's dancing. He's moving and stuff like that. And he I always seemed like he brings, like, this really incredible energy to the stage or whatever. And I just felt like a lot of that was lacking. Like, the only person that had energy there and that was really trying was Cisco. Right. And I'm like, in that case, it should have just been Cisco on stage. Cisco show. You know, right. and I mean, it. And I guess maybe it wouldn't have seemed so bad, but you know, like I said, they came right after Jacket Edge, who came out. They sounded even with just three people, they sounded really great. And then they were followed up by like Monica, who was amazing. You know, 
Have I seen? I don't think I've ever seen Monica in concert, and that's the thing that needs to change. Oh gosh, she was so good. I was so upset oh actually because I'm like, why? This could have just been a Monica concert. Like, I need to go see Monica because I've seen her more than one time, but I've always seen mm -hmm. her with other people. Like, I want to see right. Monica, just her in a concert by herself. Yeah, she's we fantastic. Make that happen pretty soon. Um, she, I've, and see, like I was saying, I was a Brandy fan earlier. Right. Um, but got into more of Monica's music later. Like her still standing album, I love. It's still in heavy rotation. Um, that album is amazing. Street Symphony was my jam back in the day. It was like a classical yes. R&B song with the big flowy dress and everything. Like I loved that. Who didn't sing Angel of Mine all the time in middle school? Like I know I did. Angel of Mine's a um, classic. I remember they used to play it at school dances. Yes. Um, Actually, the song that she had with Usher on the My Way album was one of the songs that my dad let me have. Um, so I remember that song. It was like a cover. Yeah. Was it Slow Jam? Slow Jam? Yeah. Yes. Um, that was one of the songs that my dad let me have. So I remember that one. Yeah, um, they did a cover on her first album, too. Um, Usher and Monica. I think it was... God, let's straighten it out. I think. Okay. Yeah, I want to say that was on Monica's very first album that she did with Usher before, too. So I like that her and Usher did some, did some deep cuts on the album together. I wish they had come out with a song. Can you imagine? Right. If Two they had released like a song together. together. Wow. Or if Monica, Brandy, and Aaliyah could have collaborated back then. Well, I mean, that would have been awesome. But, but you know, I mean, <laughs> you know how Brandy the, the, don't get along. <laughs> well, no, Brandy doesn't get along with Air. Because she's still got an issue to this day. Very and I really just so. feel like Monica has just been ignoring it and just like has gotten She over has it. been. She's Bless like, Brandy. I'm, I'm over here minding my business. Talented. I love Brandy so much. Um, but I'm like, girl, you gotta stop this. <laughs> she's another one that we need to put in the same list as Tyrese and be like, can you just Can you just stop sing? talking? <laughs> just stop talking and sing. <laughs> and I know you had brought up Whitney earlier or whatever. Um, and I think there were so many powerful and big big artists in the 90s or whatever because you had like Whitney Houston you had Mariah whom if I'm not mistaken is like the biggest artist of that decade right yes oh Probably. my god when Mariah started putting that hip-hop in her sound and she came out with like fantasy and honey and stuff like that I was so surprised but I really loved it though honey was like uh a sharp left turn in her career like she's still the songstress with the amazing voice and the like ridiculous octave range. Right. But like, it's like, okay, we're going to do this now. And she's been doing that forever, ever since then. And right. literally her career has just grown by leaps and bounds because that album was amazing. Right. I know people probably don't like Rainbow that much, but I love Rainbow. I love Rainbow. And then there was The Emancipation of Mimi, which is just like 10 times what Honey was, what Butterfly was. Right. Um, I. Mariah Carey is the woman. Like I love Breakdown with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yes, that was oh actually my, my favorite song from that album. I can repeat it just over and over and over again. Like it's on like probably about six or seven of my playlists or whatever. Love that song. That might be, and it's really hard to pick like one favorite Mariah Carey song because she just has so many that I love. Mm -hmm. But that might that definitely is in my top five. Yeah, that my all is in my top five. Oh yeah, we danced to that when I was in high school. It was a very pretty dance that we had to that um but my all is up there and breakdown is up there um honey and the remix was up there like that was an action movie yes music video the, i she mean the like, video her look the song everything just like hit at the perfect time 
it's kind of like what happened with Rihanna with Umbrella, like where everything yeah. just came together at the exact perfect time. And it was the perfect song for the perfect artist and everything. Like, I mean, you don't, you just don't, you don't see that a whole lot. I mean, but it was just so perfect. Like she was fighting people. She yeah. jumped out of the, jumped out of the window and into the pool and then changed her outfit. Right. In and the I remember pool. her k- kicking the outfit off and stuff. Yes. Like she was doing it like back then. That video is iconic and nobody will ever top it. Not nobody. And then Whitney was still, you know, she was going strong in the nineties. I mean, I love Heartbreak Hotel. Who doesn't? Like, seriously, if you don't like Her, Heartbreak Hotel, Kelly Price can't be friends. And Faith Evans. I mean, but the fact that all of them were getting together and just showing like sister love and just singing their butts off or whatever. Right. Like, I mean, in perfect song, Whitney on the beach with that fur coat on and her flip-flops i was like listen a look an icon a mood yes i actually just recently saw a video on um twitter somewhere of and i guess they were performing that song in public somewhere and Mm -hmm. somebody from whitney's label was telling kelly price to like stop singing so much like you're outshining whitney don't do that that's disrespectful and so the next time she performed the song You know, she was being kind of timid. And Whitney looked at her and was like, what the hell are you doing? Right. Like, sing, girl. <laughs> and so... I mean, but so many people in the industry said that's how Whitney was, though. Like, she just was embraced and, and loved other women in the industry or whatever and encouraged everybody to bring her Exactly. Agent, she ended you know? up kicking... Like, she found out who told Kelly Price that and, like, kicked them out of whatever TV show they were recording at the time and was like, sing. Sing like you know you're supposed to sing and let her do it. And I'm like... Right. I mean, I would want to sing... If I'm singing against Whitney Houston, I'm bringing my A game. I'm sorry, like I'm not going to be timid around Whitney Houston. I'm bringing my A game because why? Why would I not? Like, right? I mean, but you're making yourself look stupid, bad. Like if you don't bring your A game, you it's know? like going up against Serena Williams. You gotta bring your A game. Going up against Serena Williams, like don't come with your C or D game. Bring your A game, or else just go home. Like you gotta bring your A game with Whitney. She and I'm fairly certain she's one of those artists that like when she collaborates with other artists, she brings out the absolute best in them. Um, so like that's a whole other aspect of her just being an awesome person. But that whole Whitney album, because mm. mm-hmm. Heartbreak Hotel was on uh, My Love Is Your Love, and that was a solid album. Like it had really good songs up there. It had a. Uh, it's not right. It's not right, but it's okay. And, you know, and all that stuff. Like, I, I enjoyed that album. That album, that song, It's Not Right, But It's Okay, is so shady. <laughs> it's Listen, like Whitney's, I mean, just the, the, Whitney's version of Call Tyrone, <laughs> basically. Yes, the, the whole beginning of it where she's in the video and she's sitting behind the desk. I mean, the whole intro to it. Like, if six of y'all went out and four of you were really cheap because only two of you had dinner, I found your credit card receipt. Like, what? Come on, Whitney. Let them know. Let them know. Whitney being the queen of shade in that song. I love it. I love it. Also, that album had, um, what is the name of that song? I Learned from the Best, which kind of a sleeper hit on that album. But I loved that song so much. She had this like big, she was, the video setup was like her on like a TV show. And she had this huge fro and just was killing it. I remember that. I love that video so much. And that song. Like, it's probably one of my favorite songs from that album, is I Learned From The Best. Oh, I miss Whitney. Who doesn't? I cried. Oh, I miss Whitney. I miss Aaliyah. It's sad you go back and look back at this stuff now, and you're like, wow, like, so many of the people that we 
grew up with and that we listened to and that were such a part of the fabric of who we are, you know, through their music. And Left Eye, like... Are gone now. Yeah. And then Left Eye and Aaliyah were such in rapid succession from each other, and you were just like, okay, wait, what is happening? Like, literally six months apart. What is happening? And why is this happening? Literally six months apart. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And it's been, what now, 18, 17, 18 years? Like, right, 17 a years. whole, a whole adult person. I remember before I broke my ankle and had to go on leave I had to explain to somebody that I work with who Aaliyah was and they did because they didn't know like who she was or like what her music right. was because the person was like 17 18 and I'm just like I shouldn't have to explain this but it's been that right long. like I shouldn't have to explain this to a person but here I am having to explain this to a person <laughs> no I mean but yeah that's that's that time you know that time gap and that generational gap or whatever and just it's been that long so I mean we got to appreciate celebrate the people that are here with us now yeah. uplift the artists and you know and love the artists that are here with us now that's why you know i still love tony still love janet you know still love faith and you know people like tamia and stuff like that that are just still making great music or whatever um tony's last album i wasn't too keen on it because it just wasn't Long as I live is a good song. The one, with, um, and that's the one that she's got on the radio the right album now. Album with Babyface, or did she come out with another one after that? No, she came out with another album oh, after that. Okay. So she's got a song out now called "Long as I okay. Live" um, that she released a video for. That song is great, killer. But I think the new album is called like "Sex and Cigarettes" or something. But it's just not. There's some Birdman influence on that, and that's all I can I say. I don't even about understand. It. I'm not. Mm. I'm not even gonna try to figure that out. I'm just gonna <laughs> let it go. There's some Birdman influence on that album. I mean, but back in the '90s, like Tony Braxton, you talking about coming out the gate swinging? Her debut album just knocked it out the park. I mean, every single song on that album could have been released and been a hit. Right. Like so many hits just on that one album. And she had the short haircut and everything like that. I mean, everybody was getting there. I remember my mom had her haircut like that or whatever. Like everybody wanted that cut. Everybody wanted to be Tony or whatever. Mm -hmm. She, you know, had her sisters backing her up in, you know, like the seven whole days video and stuff. And she just had so many iconic looks and stuff. But I mean, her first album, man, it's amazing. Yeah, I'm looking at the track list for that album now because I completely forgot what was on it. But another sad love song is one of my favorites. Love Should Have Bought You Home Last Night, one of my favorites. And yes. Babyface is all up and down this album. Like, Babyface wrote all the hits. Babyface was writing all the hits. Jermaine Dupree was writing all the hits. Missy was writing all the hits. People forget that she, her pen game is ridiculous. But Babyface is all up ridiculous. and through this album. They, they work well together like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and like Janet Jackson do. Like, sometimes you just right. get some people together and it's absolute magic. And Tony and Babyface are just absolute magic together. Hmm, Janet. I gotta see Janet in concert, Same. man. Same. I've actually I gotta never see seen her. That I Get Lonely video is it. We did that dance in high school uh, as a part of like our step routine. Uh, it was amazing. Who doesn't know the dance to I Get Lonely? If you don't, then we can't be friends. Sorry about that. That, means you, that just means you're young. That means you're young or you just don't know good music, man. I Get Lonely is iconic song. That album literally one of my favorite r&b albums of all time like if i need oh, if really? i'm going to go listen to janet jackson the first time i'm starting with is the velvet rope like i start there and then i spread yeah, i just i love how she went through i mean all those different eras and stuff and kind of watching her because i mean you really got to see her go through this wonderful evolution in the 90s mm -hmm. you know and really come into her 
coming to her own as a woman and coming to her sexuality and everything like that. Like it was, it was a thing to witness or whatever. And I mean, the fact that to me, Janet's whole career is just so phenomenal because I mean, she was Michael Jackson's baby sister and she managed to carve out her own identity and everything and become an icon in her own right. Like that right there alone, Janet deserves all the praise for that. Like period. No offense. Imagine Michael Jackson being your I, brother I and you having to step out of that shadow. I cannot. I cannot. And to be from the same family, but like, there are definitely similarities in their career and like similarities in their sound and like the sound of their actual voices, not the sound of their music. Um, but like, right. she is, to me, just worlds, worlds apart from like where Michael was musically. Not That's not a diss or anything. Like, they just have two distinct sounds and like for those two distinct sounds to come out of the same family is just kind of amazing um to have like two such distinct different views of the world and you know way they go about making music and like processes and stuff like that and even like the way their videos you know janet was way more sexual than michael jackson ever would have been um and that was a big deal like yeah she's gorgeous for one like who wouldn't be attracted to her and then she had very very sexual songs like anytime any place and even i get lonely right. um i mean she's another artist that i probably shouldn't have been listening to in middle school <laughs> yeah i mean but you couldn't avoid you really it like it have. was it was it was janet it was just there like i mean and my mom's not necessarily I mean, she likes music and everything like that, but she's not as much of a music head as, like, say, my dad was mm-hmm. or something like that. But, I mean, even Janet was somebody that she was playing yeah. on a regular basis and somebody that she, you know I mean, kind of grew up with because she's really only, I think, a few years mm-hmm. older than, um, than Janet or whatever. Somebody she kind of grew up with or whatever and kind of saw her go through, you know, being Janet in the 80s and kind of coming into her own, like I said before, or whatever. So, I mean, I remember hearing Janet all the time. All the time. Like, she is iconic. She's a legend. Nobody can ever touch her. Like, who doesn't remember, like, or even remember how the song That's the Way Love Goes makes them feel? Like, one of right. her... Oh, my God. It's such a, it's such a feel-good song. Biggest songs ever. Like, as soon as you, you know that you're about to listen to that song as soon as the beat drops, like... And you're right. just like, oh, okay. I am now in this vibe of that song. Or like um, any of her other work. Like, you know, Love Will Never Do Without You. Or is that the one where she's in the desert with the hot guy? And it's like a sepia tone video? No, that's not that video. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. There's one where she's out in the desert and she's like with a half naked man. Is it Escapade? No. No, it's not Escapade. It's not Escapade. Mm. God, I can't think of it. I like I see the video and stuff, but I'm not hearing the sound. <laughs> it is love. Ne- love will never do without with you. The video. It's love will never do without you. It's gotta be. Yeah. yeah. Love that video. All of her videos. Oh my god, Escapade is on my summer playlist. Like right now, I just made a summer playlist a couple of weeks ago, and Escapade is definitely up there. I don't know. I just that song makes me want to just put the windows down and just ride. Mm-hmm. It is and a sing along. And um, another good it writing is. song is uh, Together Again. Like, that song yes. is such a bop. And I'm like, now I want to dance. Like, I feel... Janet's music just makes you feel stuff. Like, it really does. Um, my favorite music video ever... Well, one of my favorite music videos ever. 
um, is uh, the If video. Song's great. It's classic. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love If? Definitely shouldn't have been listening to that song in middle school. But who doesn't know the dance? Like, when she performed, what was the award show she just performed at? The Billboard Awards? So she was doing that as a part of, like, the medley mm-hmm. that she performed and went into the breakdown of that song, which, iconic choreography, and if you don't know it, what is wrong with you? Um, right. But, like, she was doing it, and they, like, panned to a shot of the audience, and I was like, okay, Billboard, I understand that, like, reaction shots are, like, important, not during the breakdown of If. <laughs> no, we need to see Janet keep all them cameras focused on you her. You can have a reaction shot almost any other time of the show. <laughs> Not during right. the breakdown of if. Oh, there'll be plenty of reaction shots after after the dance is over. Right, right now because everybody's see. gonna be like everybody's hype. Right, right now I don't want to see everybody else's face though. <laughs> I get it. I know the dance myself, and I can do it in my sleep. And I know what the video looks like, and YouTube is a thing. But right now, I need to see Janet Jackson do the breakdown of if. That's all I care about. <laughs> right, right. So we talked about like the big artists and stuff. Um, but what about some of the women um, that you think maybe could have gotten a little bit more shine back then? Um, I don't know. Tatiana Ali, uh, when she finally came out with a song, yes. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know if she could. Like, I remember her from, you know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, but she's another artist on top of KP and Envy where I was like, I, I, I want more. Like, where's where's the rest of it? Like, give me yeah, more. Oh, you know I was into it. I mean, again, just a mega... Fresh Prince fan. So when she came out with Boy You Knock Me Out and Daydreaming and stuff, like Kiss the Sky was a solid pop slash R&B album. Yeah. I really, really liked it. And I really was expecting more for her, more from her. And she never really talked about, not not that I'm aware of, about, you know, what really happened. She just kind of stepped away from it and didn't go any further with her music career, really. I mean, she's released stuff intermittently throughout the mm-hmm. years and stuff, but... I kind of thought I would just see more of her. I wish she had gotten more love as a singer, Same. too. Because, I mean... Because she's got a beautiful she voice. She does. I mean, she's not definitely somebody that's out here doing all the runs because it don't take all of that all the time. Um, right. You know, she fit. She had a lane, and she did what she did, and she did well. Um, the video was cute. I loved how, like, the video for um, Daydreaming, I believe that's what the title of it was, mm-hmm. um, was, like, everything was in black and gray and white, and, like her and her dancers were in color um iconic video to me i loved that video it was cute it was simple it was cute like sometimes you don't have to you know make a big production out of things you can just you know keep it simple and be dancing in the parking lot like that's fine um so yeah i definitely wanted more out of her i still do actually um because i know she's done a few acting things and just kind of being low-key but i mean i enjoyed that song um it made it's another one of those songs that made you feel good. Like it's just a nice little kind of summertime spring bop. Um, right. Also wanted more from Deborah Cox. I get it. She had the, she, she had the two big songs. She had, you know, uh, nobody's supposed to be here. Nobody's supposed to be here. Oh my God. I love that song. Next who like, (laughs) we can't be friends. RL. Yes. Yeah. Like that song was amazing. I don't know any couple and like middle school that didn't try to sing that song all the time yeah no me way. and one of my homeboys definitely performed that song like an impromptu performance of that song at lunch like <laughs> no one half the dudes in the school didn't know how to sing like they just tried it anyway. he could actually sing though 
I mean, that's why. But a lot of the guys, like in my middle school, could not sing at all. So they should have hung that up. It's fine, though. It's in the past. Um, <laughs> it was killing the Mario lyrics, though. And everybody, you know, was singing at the top of their lungs. Nobody's supposed to be here. Like, who? if you don't like that song, you're weird. It's fine. It's cool. I could probably let that slide. Uh, yeah, I mean, just when you think that her voice can't get any more amazing on that song, she just takes it up a notch. Right. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, you know how you get those chills mm-hmm. on your arms? Mm-hmm. I get chills every time I hear that song. Girls got pipes. I mean, and if she wasn't a great singer, they wouldn't have, have had her do the voice. Well, the singing voice for the Whitney Houston movie. I mean. Right. And she's she's in the stage play for The Bodyguard, I believe. I think it's still running. It's like a I touring so. company yeah. of um, the stage play The Bodyguard. And so she plays Whitney Houston's character in that movie. Um, but I just hope she doesn't get for lack of better words, typecast as the Whitney Houston, you know, impersonator. Right. Um, I would like to see her come out with another album and, you know, be epic along with Tamia. I know Tamia's still out here doing music a little bit. Um, like I've seen her on Instagram looking amazing, looking like she hasn't aged. Uh, she was one person, probably one of my favorite, like most underrated mm-hmm. R&B artists, um, Imagination with Jermaine Dupree. I love Tamia. Great song. I had that album. I played it all the time. All the time. I remember having the single for that song, too. Uh, like, I had the album, but then I was also just buying random Tamia singles. See, I was never into buying just singles. Like, I typically would just go ahead and buy the whole project. I don't know why. It was weird. Because um, oftentimes the singles had, like, bonus tracks and stuff, but I just never got into it. Right. But that song. And I think that's why. Because they would have, like, random yeah. remixes and bonus tracks and stuff. Um. So, Imagination was great. Um, when So Into You came out, I loved that song. Like, that whole, her whole first album was great. Like, I wish that she would have got the shine as, like, an Aaliyah or a Brandy back then. Because she was just always consistent, stayed to herself, no drama, just married Grant Hill and, like, kept it moving. They are one of my favorite. Um, and I, I don't do too many of the relationship goals type things. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I mean, I just kind of focus on my, my own relationship and what I've got going right. on for the most part. But they're definitely one of my one of the couples that I definitely look at and I have some admiration for um, because she's been through a lot of different health issues and uh-huh. everything. And then, you know, Grant went, went through kind of his transition out of the league and had issues with his knee and everything like that, I believe. Um, and they just stuck by each other and their love just seems so pure and Mm -hmm. fun and they seem like they're just so deeply in love with each other even after all of these years like there was a video where um i believe grant may have been playing the piano or something in the video and to me it was singing along yeah and i just i mean i love them so much you don't get a lot of them together and it's interesting because anita baker set them up really yeah Hmm. so like when tamia i think a few years ago bet did a um like a tribute to anita baker and tamia came and brought the house down um because that's what but she, when she was doing that she kind of she did this really cute thing and like pointed to her wedding ring and stuff like that because she's saying giving you the best that i've got mm-hmm. and she pointed to her wedding ring and it was kind of like a little symbol between her and you know anita saying you know i see you girl yeah you introduced me to my man that i'm in love with Aww, that's so adorable sweet. see i need <laughs> i need friends that'll introduce me to great people like you know <laughs> you got Meghan markle's friends I'm introducing tr- her to a prince and... I mean, I'm trying, but you know, a lot of my husband's friends, 
either already taken or they ratchet. And yeah, see, I don't want any of that. You can't be with nobody that's already taken, and I ain't gonna set you up with no ratchet. So I appreciate this. I do. <laughs> but as soon as I find a guy who got his stuff together, and I feel like is worthy of your attention, oh, I got that. You. But he got to be worthy of your attention though, because I ain't gonna set my friend up with no mess. I, I appreciate that, Ty. And if he could sing, that'd be a bonus. It definitely would be, but you would get sick of us <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> so y'all just be walking around singing to each other. You'd get sick of us so quickly. Be like, if y'all don't shut up. No, I won't get sick of you. If you hadn't gotten sick of sick of me and Demetrius, then I think you're good. Y'all are ridiculous. Okay, Ty just no, said no. that she doesn't do relationship goals, but Ty and her husband are relationship goals, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. Oh, we try, we try. We have a fun. It's a fun ride with him. But either way, um, so female groups. Well, we talked about TLC already. Who else have we missed? Right. Uh, I don't know. I love, love, love Seven Hundred Two. Love Brownstone and SWV is like the nineties female group to me like i mean i love tlc and everything like that but i love swv i was crazy about coco because when it came out coco was like a teenager uh-huh. she was so young and you know like i said again having that having that representation and stuff like that seeing somebody who's brown skin who's beautiful i loved her nails like she was just like the fly girl uh-huh. like she was the kind of girl that girls wanted to look like back then and then she just had like this incredibly powerful voice and everything right um, the Human Nature remix is one of the best remixes of all time. Yes. Perfect. I mean, it, a remix don't get no more perfect than that. Like that's why you remix is for it to sound like that. Exactly. If it's not, if you're not gonna go hard like the Human Nature remix, you just need to go sit down and think about your life. Like just, just don't. <laughs> remixes. Oh, and you know what? We can do an entire show about '90s remixes. To be perfectly honest. Yes remixes but you know what i forgot though um talking about women who could have gotten a little bit more shine okay and it is virgo and she is the woman who sang on ghost town gj's my boot okay she just never got a chance to be in the forefront and never got a chance to really have that career and i think she has a great voice and my boo is one of the best songs of the 90s again like it's got to be on your summer playlist you hear that song, you instantly know what song All it is. All I can think about is like being outside and watching the car. Was that like part of the music video? That was definitely in okay. the video. Like that's the only thing I think about listening to that song or like thinking about that song is being outside and watching the car. Like I don't have a car Right, to watch, but there but... were like crazy contract issues and stuff that kind of prevented her from being in the forefront. And there were also a lot of rumors saying too that she was, um, that she wasn't, I guess, attractive enough. You know, I'm doing air quotes here. Right. Um, attractive enough or whatever to kind of be in the forefront and to be in the video and stuff. And so that's kind of why she stayed kind of hidden back. Um, don't know how true that is because I think she's remained pretty quiet and stuff. Ghost Town DJs has been quiet overall. Right. Like to have such a big song. But it's crazy because, you know, you had Sierra sample it on Body Party. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brought some more interest in it. But then remember a couple of years ago when they were doing like the Running Man challenge yeah. thing of people not doing the actual Running Man? to my boo like it came back into like the hot 100 chart or something oh, wow. like 20 years after the song originally came out the power of like it came media. back on the charts again yeah the power of social media but it is i wish yeah i wish we could have heard more of her voice because i mean when you listen to that song like i mean it's it's her voice that makes the song it is. no i don't 
mm. a lot of people know the chorus more than they know the verses because like I know like a couple of lines now that I'm thinking about it but I don't think I remember most of the lyrics outside of uh, my boo oh I know the whole thing <laughs> By Maybe heart. that's just me. <laughs> Maybe I'm the weirdo. No, you probably. No, you're probably not alone. I mean, most people just kind of pay attention to the chorus anyway. Um, when it comes to like popular songs like that, but no, I, I mean, I think I've just heard it so many times. It's like summertime mm-hmm. for me. Like, you know, Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Like, I've just heard it in my head so many times that I just like learned it through osmosis or something crazy like mm-hmm. that. That's fair. I'll give it to you. I, I, it's just too much. Too much in my head. Um. So we've got the female groups. Any other female groups we want to... Oh, oh, oh. We cannot not talk about En Vogue, though. Like, how... How do we skip that? It's so many people. <laughs> like, there's no way we could possibly name everybody and everything. But En Vogue was it. Those voices Never gonna get it. were... Giving him something he could feel. Insane. Uh, my songs, because I love rock music, was... um. I am terrible with song names, apparently. Thank you. <laughs> this is why Ty is the co-host. <laughs> this is why we are co-hosts with each other because we are one half of the same brain. Yes, thank you. That's all. Like, Fantastic. just killed it. Like, vocals, killing it. The guitar in the background, killing it. Like, the video was dope because it was like a fashion show when they had like all leather outfits on, like shiny leather yes. outfits on, looking like some dominatrixes or whatever, just looking fantastic. Hair whipping all over the place. I love that video like that video that's that song where like if I need to take on the world or something or need to feel like I'm taking on the world and just feel all powerful like that's one of the songs that I put on is you know what I need to add that to my I have, I have like a boost list uh-huh. or whatever of songs that I just listen to to lift uh-huh. me up I need to add that one to it you should it's a great song choice yeah I can write it down let me write check it one because I definitely got to add it to it but they had like classic looks the four of them I mean the one thing about their group is that everybody kind of got their time to uh-huh. shine and sing i mean and they had voices yes you can listen like, to um terrible what's the song from what's the song that they had that's from a movie i think it was from soul food giving him something he can no, feel no, no. i think it was from soul food um maybe mm. i am awful hold on <laughs> here's what it is you got me on that one yeah but either way i mean like the red dresses the silver dresses and stuff that they were wearing in the video and everything like they were just what's it gonna be don't let go don't let go how could i not remember that i guess maybe the soul food thing maybe threw me off like because i definitely know that song and think of that as one of like their classic songs those girls went ham vocally on that song like runs crazy just it's like they said let it rip like don't hold a single thing back on that record like they just went every single one of them each one of them had their chance to like run up and down the keyboard and they killed it like i wish that my vocal handles were that awesome they are not but they killed that song i wish they could get back together they have a hard time getting along though correct yes but I mean, what group doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. It's always somebody in there doing something or whatever. I mean, we discussed. You. But since we talk about in vogue, let's talk about male groups. So we talked about Drew uh-huh. Hill. Um, we talked about 112 a bit in the beginning. Yes. 
I saw one twelve back in like two thousand seven. Do we both have? I, I'm pretty sure this was. I'm sure pretty sure this was pre kids time. Yeah, but I saw them back then and they were great. Where did you see them at? I don't know if that's still true now. I saw them in Greensboro. They did like some random concert in Greensboro. And they had this weird guy opening for them and he was singing about like we Oh my god. And stuff oh, no, 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 no. We were at the same concert. Were you there? Yes. I actually No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have an even better story about that concert. I helped plan that concert cuz I was on campus activities board cuz that was a UNCG concert. So, uh, I okay, have okay. a story about meeting one. Yeah, because I went, I went to UNCG is University of Greensboro in North Carolina, um, and that's my alma mater. That's where I went. Right. I went there, did not graduate, but I was part of campus activities board at the time, and we get to put on a show for like two shows or like three shows a year, like during the school year, and mm-hmm. we were like, all right, we'll we'll bring one twelve. First of all, we paid them entirely too much money. Second of all, um, so. Like, because I was on campus activities board, you know, we had to be there early to, like, be around for right. setup and stuff like that. And, like, we had our own green room at the Coliseum, like, for the organization members and stuff like that. And, um, like, we're hanging out in our little, like, green room or whatever. And, like, I'm peeking out the window and all of a sudden I see this, like, group of random black men. And I'm just like, who are these random people? And everyone was, like, peeking out the door with me like I, nobody knows who these people are why are they here and all of a sudden i realized one of them was slim and i was like oh my god uh well you look different um so they were also a member down there was only three of them because at this point one right. of the guys had left um and they actually did put on a great show but they were only on the stage for a good 45 minutes um if that um rudy see i didn't think they were bad but I no also they did great had- yeah, I was gonna say I didn't think they were bad at all. I think they sounded really good or whatever. They also had a lot of drinks. Yes, too. they were they um, were very very drunk. Um, they were drunk too. Okay, so that that makes they, all they were they were probably very very <laughs> drunk at the time, um, or maybe not. I don't remember. I didn't hang out like backstage backstage with them a whole lot. Um, Rudy Currents was the guy that uh, performed with them. Uh, he had performed at another show of mine. Um, that we did that year and he has a song called Weave Ponytail which is actually hilarious uh, I'll put that in the show notes I, too it, you, I could not get over that song because I went with so I was in college of course at the time I was at UNCG and I was working at Chick-fil-A and so me and a bunch of the girls from work or whatever like it was a good mix of us black white uh-huh. you know just a whole bunch of girls probably about eight or nine of us that all got together and went so we Got together pregame, went to the show and everything. And when he came out and started singing that Wee Ponytail song, like the white girls that were with us were so confused. <laughs> they were like, uh, "Have y'all?" You know, they asking the black girls, "Like, have y'all heard this?" I'm like, "I ain't never heard this crap before in my life. I don't know. What, I don't know what this." Well, is. one of the girls in Just, the organization like swore up and down that wow. she loved this guy. So he had come because, like, that was our spring concert. So Rudy Currents had come and done a full concert at UNCG, like in the fall. <laughs> And so we just invited him back to open up for 112. I'm not entirely sure why. So anyways. So y'all let him sing We Ponytail multiple times. I didn't. I wasn't over the music department. I was the vice president over everything. And that was not my department. Empty ways. You're not going to blame this on me, Ty. So after the show, like, and I mean, this is not like a bad story about 112. It's not like the, the Drew Hill story. Um, after the show, we all took a group picture, which I still cannot find. Like, I don't know where it is. I don't know who has it. I'm really mad that I have not seen a copy of this picture um, because I got to stand next to Q, like in the back. And mm-hmm. I don't really understand how Q still smells good 
after the concert they just put on. But he looks like he smells good. I just like I, I almost like I wanted to lick him, but I didn't. He just smelled really, really good, and he was, like, singing in my ear and, like, wrapped his arm around me because we were standing next to each other for this group photo of, like, 112 and, like, the the campus activities board, executive board and stuff like that, and it was such a fun night. I mean, again, they only performed for, like, 45 minutes, but realistically, they don't have... No, I mean, that was enough, though. They they did everything that we wanted to hear. Like, they did Peaches and Cream and, you know, all the songs that everybody wants to hear from 112, like, and I think that's... I mean, they, they knew their lane. They knew they mm-hmm. had kind of been out of the game for a few years and stuff like that. So they came, they did the hits, and, then they and left. they bounced. And at yeah. least they sang the whole song. So I'm going to take that uh, experience with 112 as a win. <laughs> as a win. Cause oh, poor Drew Hill. I can't believe they showed up and sang a piece of a, a song. A piece of a song. Like a piece of all and the Nokia, songs. Yeah, Nokia wrapped up like it's cold outside. I know. It's, oh, it's really funny that like... <laughs> Let's we've see. only been friends for seven years but like we're at the same concert at the same time like that I that know. Was a fun time. that's crazy you know who else I saw in concert um male group that was really uh-huh. good mint condition never seen them I was never really into them oh. I think they might be a little bit before my time oh my god like pretty brown eyes nope all those songs you seen me swing nope <laughs> You gotta get in the mint condition, man. I love Stokely so much. He has like he's like one of my favorite male voices or whatever. And I saw Mint Condition. They came to I think the first time I saw them, they came to Women's Empowerment uh-huh. in maybe two thousand one, two thousand two. I definitely was one of the youngest people uh-huh. there because I was in high school at the time or whatever, and I was singing my heart out. Like I sang so hard. Cause they were there, Emilda Rue was there. Well. Um, Donnell Jones was there, okay. and God, who That's else? Nice group of Jaheem was there. I think Jaheem was there. I might be misremembering because we went to Women's Empowerment a couple of years uh-huh. in a row. Um, my mom used to take us every year, like back when I was in high school or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think Jaheem was there that same year too. But either way, they were fantastic. I could see Mint Condition over and over and over again. They still make really great music now. Like you, you totally love Mint Condition. I know you know Mint Condition. I have. Mm. My group was Boys to Men, so Jaheem is also good in concert, by the way. Like, even if he wasn't there, like, if you've never seen him before, he's a good person to, like, see in concert. He's he was. Got, he was great. He sounded amazing. A phenomenal voice live. Um, but, like, Boys to Men was my group back in the day. Um, me and my friend Deidre like have a theory. Well, she has a theory, and I just agree with said theory. And I prove oh, said theory because me and my sister exist. There are two types of people in the world. There are the okay. people that like Boys to Men. And the people that like Jodeci. <laughs> okay. And hardly you will... So what's the difference? What's the difference between it's those just, people? It's just, you either like one or the other. You can't like both. <laughs> like... No, I mean, I like Boys and Men. I love Boys and like, Men. Like, they've got some good songs and everything like that. But I definitely, like, if it was a Boys and Men versus Jodeci thing, I definitely would choose Jodeci. See? <laughs> Point proven. Oh my, my god, Jodeci! Jodeci was it Love though. Jodeci. I mean, they had the they had the bad boy swag and stuff like Just that. Just kind of you know, extra young, ratchet. I mean, I was in that bad boy phase or whatever. Uh-huh. So why are y'all why are y'all wearing le- wearing leather in the desert? Please explain. I don't know, girl. They were singing, though. That's all I... I just... I disregarded that whole thing. They definitely... They had on full leather outfits in the desert. And that piano. Who took that piano out there? Like, it was a whole piano Mm-mm. in the desert. 
You probably can't just, play it because there's sand all in it and it just sounds funky. Right? Like, what like, are you what doing? doing? The wind was blowing and it didn't matter though because I know KC was out there. He probably was drunk and <laughs> singing for real. At least when Boys to <laughs> Men went out into the desert, they wore like linen suits and wore white. <laughs> they knew better. They did. What video was that? Uh, I think that was Water Runs Dry. I do. And I love Boys to Men. Like I said, they got a lot of songs that are really great. I love Boys to Men, but I definitely was feeling I love Boys to Men because. Well, I mean, no shade to Jodeci, but like, Boyz II Men had phenomenal voices. There was Wanye, yeah. and he was always doing the Wanye. Like, everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say he was doing the Wanye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Especially at the end of doing just fine. Like, peak one. That's the one where they're like, there's a bunch of water, and like, Wanye is starting to do the Wanye, and right is right mm-hmm. when he does like his biggest run, like, they timed it perfectly to like have the water splash on his face while he's doing his big old run it's the most epic scene in one of their videos ever um yeah but i mean but boys the men is the quintessential 90s they are male group like I mean, you're talking about like grown men singing or whatever like i mean to me if you talk if you tell people to name a 90s male group boys and men is going to be one of the first people one of the first groups that people exactly name. they had the motown philly song they had water runs dry they had the song for mama from also i believe the soundtrack for soul food if i'm not mistaken yes because when the grandmama died in the movie that's the song that was playing um Mm -hmm. and you know water runs dry end of the road just fine i think that was like one of the biggest songs of the road i'll make love to you it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday oh man end of the road i was pregnant with my youngest daughter and it came on (laughs) it like randomly came on at work one day and i just started bawling my eyes Uh -uh. out like, I mean, between my hormones and just the song itself. Because that song makes me tear up anyway. Right. Like, if, I, if somebody were to play it right now, I would literally start tearing up or whatever. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just the lyrics. and It got played. Everything about this song just hits me right At, like, feels. every middle school graduation thing, end of the road. And then, so. Right. But it wasn't a graduation song, though. Like, I never understood that. I never understood it's, it either. So, I had. It's not about graduation at it's all. definitely not. So I had a cousin pass away last, late last year, um, speaking mm-hmm. of Boys to Men songs. And we were there and everything was fine and everything was going well. Um, and then all of a sudden they got the bright idea to play It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. And I was like, first of all, <laughs> oh my God, this is just like some black folks to play that song at a funeral. Second of all, here I am crying. I did not want to cry today. I, that, that was not what I was trying to do. But once that song started playing, it was a wrap. Like, you can't not cry when it's so hard to say goodbye, please. You just, end of the road might be your song, but mine is it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Like, don't play that song around me. I don't, like, I, it's one of those songs where, like, if I go see Boys and Men in concert, like, please don't sing that song. <laughs> right. I'm not trying to cry today. Like, we don't, I mean, it's just, we it don't need to do this. Gonna, it's going to ruin your whole concert. <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't need to do this. This is not necessary. Yeah. Male groups were running it in the 90s, mm-hmm. though, because you had Poison Man, Jodeci, Drew Hill, um, and then you had, like, 112, H-Town. Next. Yeah, 112, Next. Oh, my God. Too close. Just, mm-hmm. wow. When I really, I mean, when you really listen to that song and listen to the lyrics, I'm like, this is both genius and disturbing at the same also, time. Also, at the same time, beauty of song lyrics, man. You can get away with a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, they turn a song about a dude getting excited uh-huh. about when he was dancing with someone into a full-fledged hit. Uh-huh. 
and never once said anything like really overtly vulgar in the song. I don't remember that video too. Yeah. Like I wanted the, like with the girls who were wearing with the little jean, like skirts with like the slits up the side mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I remember the whole thing. Uh, Probably some of the dances too. I never do them, but I remember them. Sure, Ty. And then I uh, that. like New Edition came back too in the 90s. Yes, they did. With their Home Again album with the iconic white suits on and stuff. And I like Hit Me Off a lot too. And it was all six of them together. And I love New Edition so much. Oh, I was happy when they brought when they brought Brabby when they brought Bobby back into the fold. Even though they were a hot mess together, they still a hot mess. I mean, they'll always be a hot mess. But I mean, watching. But we love them for it. The though. reversion of New Edition perform at the BET Awards was always fun. Okay, so they performed this year. No, it was last. Was it last year when the movie came oh, out? No, no, no. Okay, so it was last year when the movie came out when they all came and. Bobby. Okay, Bobby. I just—he had an entire animal on his shoulder. He was just out of breath. I was like, "What's, what's happening, Bobby Brown?" Bobby Brown is gone. Bobby's gonna Bobby. Like, Bobby was definitely Bobby, and Bobby was not ready for that performance at all. And now they're like splitting off and doing a whole another group without Ralph. And I'm like, "What? No, 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 no. That definitely, no, definitely no, no. not a good look." Yeah, it's like Bobby plus BBD. And I'm like, this is not what we asked for. We asked for the entire group to get together. And go on tour together. And go on tour. Like, I mean, they had the perfect opportunity to do this last year. The the miniseries hit. Right. The, you know, they performed together and stuff like that. Like, we were ready. The coins were available. And they just they let it go. And I'm like, oh, they fumbled. why? They fumbled so I guess, maybe, maybe it was the Home Again tour. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they decided after that happened, they're like, you know what? I don't think we can ever do this again because we just all, we just can't get along. Right. They just, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I mean, but they got along enough to like put the movie together. You know, they're supposed to be doing a Bobby movie, right? Yes. And I'm going to be there with my snacks and available. I read Bobby's auto um, biography. Oh Lord. And it is so wow. Like I just, I can't even begin to describe the amount of just crazy, like from jump street, it just starts off completely wild. And there's just so many wild things in there. I'm not sure how much of it I actually believe. Okay, um, that's fair. I'm not sure if Bobby maybe misremembers some things because we know that Bobby was up to some things, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day that could have clouded his memory and judgment. Right. But it's a fun read. Huh. Like, I low-key wish, and I don't know if it is, but I kind of low-key wish it was on, like, Audible or something. Like, I want to hear him telling the story. read that book to me. Like, I need him to tell me them stories about cooking the cocaine chicken and all Wait stuff a like minute. That because... <laughs> Wait a moment. <laughs> that's a bit much and hanging out with mike tyson i wasn't prepared just i can't, I can't. The, okay. oh my god just if you haven't read bobby brown's autobiography and you just need something i mean there were you know it definitely wasn't all like comedy there were parts of it and a lot of parts of his childhood that were incredibly sad mm-hmm. um and he had some really good introspective moments and stuff in there too particularly talking about Whitney and and then um, that time after Whitney died between Whitney's death and um, Bobby Christina's death or whatever. So there were definitely some, you know, some heavier moments in there. But some of that stuff in there was so funny. I was like, Lord, bless Bobby Brown. I don't even know how he's still alive. Like the fact that he is still alive and with us is is a miracle because Bobby did some things. Like cocaine chicken is where I'm stuck. (laughs) Listen, the cocaine chicken story as well. Bobby was ended up frying chicken and cocaine as a kid um, Wait. because his mom his mom was selling 
drugs and he didn't know it and he mistook it for flour and like made dinner and fried cocaine so he like wasted all her product cost her a whole bunch of money for some chicken that nobody probably should okay eat. like i don't know what fried cocaine does to your body but i'm thinking that if cocaine fried that cocaine fried chicken is probably not something that you want to consume i just like <laughs> that story is way worse than i anticipated to be perfectly honest Oh, that's just one of many. That's in the beginning. See, first, first of all, I, that's near the beginning I was thinking of the that like maybe he did it on purpose and it was like a him and Whitney thing. I know that's an awful idea. Mm. Like I know it. I know it. I know I'm going to get fricasseed for it. I get it. But that just that's just way worse. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, moving R and B guys. So we talked about the groups and stuff like that. Like. And, and the dudes were, I mean, we talked a lot about the women and everything like that. Um, and I think maybe we just, maybe we spent so much time on the women because, women because we connected with them so right. much. Um, but there were a lot of guys that were doing their things. Too. I mean, we like, talked a little bit about you know? Tyrese and Usher doing their yeah. thing and how Usher, how Tyrese just needs to be quiet. Just be quiet. Yeah. I really wish I could have appreciated Usher's 90 fineness more. Like, I mean, I did. I thought he was cute mm-hmm. and everything like that, but I wasn't old enough to think he was like fine, you know? Right. I don't ever really like my sister was heavy. She was heavy, heavy into Usher, like crazy about him. See, but they're also close in age. Also, I honestly, right. I don't ever really think that. Like, I mean, he's cute. He's not really my type, though. So I was never like attracted to him like that. I just loved his music, and I thought his music was dope. I would like yeah. him to go back to doing R and B music sometime soon. Please and thanks. Me too. Come on, Esther. Please. You can do it. Like, your voice is phenomenal. You proved that with Climax, like, one of the greatest R&B songs ever. Um, I love Climax. I need you to do more of that, please. It's kind of... This is getting off topic. Climax definitely didn't come out in the 90s, but it's a very different R&B song than a lot of what came before it. And yeah. I thought he was going to stay in that vein of kind of alternative R&B songs where the format is a little different than just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Right. Um, and he didn't, and I was kind of disappointed. So, Usher, if you're listening, probably not. But who knows? Um, if you could go back to that, <laughs> that will be wonderful. I will help you write some stuff. Usher, if you're listening, I think you're sexy. Christina thinks you're cute, but I think you're sexy. No, he's sexy, too. He's just not my type. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, so who was your like back in the nineties? Who was your R and B nineties guy then? Because you you weren't into Usher like that. Like you didn't think he was like sexy. I know how you feel about Genuine already. Right. Who was it for you? Like who did it for you then? Uh, probably the person that I was most attracted to is probably Nokio from uh, Drew Hill. Probably. Really? Yeah. Like Nokio's. I don't really know I why. I couldn't really tell you why. Like I wasn't really, like I wasn't attracted to anybody from boys to men i wasn't attracted to anybody from 112 i just really liked the music um mm-hmm. i mean you also have to realize that like this is the 90s when like on top of r&b music i was listening to the spice girls and the backstreet boys all the time and so like backstreet boys beat everybody out right so there's that but um yeah probably nokia i was like that's probably part of my reasoning for like liking them so much is because i thought nokia was really cute and i was like Mm, that does it that that right there that works um but you know the thing about men that sing though like r&b male singers just in general 
They don't have to be cute. I feel like with women, they ha- yeah, right, right. With women, they have to be attractive. Like, can you really think of a successful female R&B singer, not just from the 90s, but really, period, that really, like, skyrocketed and took off that wasn't conventionally attractive? No. I mean, but with men, I mean, because, yeah, with Jodeci, like, as much as I love them, I mean, you know, Casey and JoJo, I mean, they they not no lookers, you know? rough. I think that's part of the reason. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to get back into the Boyz II Men versus Jodeci thing, but, like, nobody, nobody was looking, well, at least I hope. Yeah, for me, it was just, it, for me, it was just, I like the songs. Right. And, you know, in the, in the music and stuff like that, I mean, I don't know. I mean, same thing. Like, a lot of guys that were doing their thing, John B was cute. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I mean, John B was it. Did you think John B was good? Uh, I thought he was for a while, but apparently he's not. No, he's definitely not. I definitely thought John B was black for a while. Like, it, it took a while before I realized that he was a white guy or whatever. And I mean, I think we just let it slide because we like that song so much. No, I mean, but the thing with John B too is, you know, even now I watched this unsung that came out with last year or something. Mm-hmm. He has such a respect for the black artists and stuff that paved the way for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what makes the difference yeah. or whatever. It didn't feel like he was like trying to appropriate on a culture right. or something like that, but he just had such a healthy respect and he just loved music and just loved soul music. Like it was natural to him, like breathing, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So I think that's why so many people were like, okay, John B's cool because he's got a healthy respect for, you know, those that kind of paved the way for him. And he was just being himself. Like, you know, he married a black woman and the stuff like that. Like John B, he's just a down guy. Yeah. Do you remember um, Robin Thicke's first song from the 90s? I yes. I think it's from the 90s. Wanna Love You Girl? No. Is that the 90s? No. No, 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 no. There was a song before that one. Back before then? Yes. Oh, the one where he's like um, riding a bike around New York City. On the bicycle. Is that yes. a 90s song? We're going to pretend like it's a 90s song today. I loved that song. I do. I don't think it's a 90s song, but I do know that song. I can't think of the name of it, but I definitely know the song. I can hear the song in my head and I know the video. Let me see. Oh, mm, no, it's not. It's 2002. Wah, wah. <laughs> that's, that's the hard thing, though. Like, I kept thinking when I was thinking about the podcast, I kept thinking of stuff, and then I'm like, oh, that came out in, like, 2001. Right. Because, like, when we were... Oh, that came out in, like, 2000. So it kind of, you know, technically cuts off and everything like that. Because when we were talking... Michael Jackson was still doing his thing in, in the yes. 90s, though. Remember the Time was definitely a 90s song, and every time I hear it, I sing to the top of my lungs, and I don't care who's there, and I don't care who's watching, because Remember the Time is one of my favorite songs of all time. Exactly. We... I... Just had a day. Iconic video. Yes. I hate to keep using the word iconic, but I mean, when you talk about these people, I mean, it really was like that video set. And it, just when you think Mike couldn't set any more standards, he did it once again. Like Black Egyptians. Right. In the video, he had Iman. He had Eddie Murphy. Like nobody else had the clout to pull those people and be like, okay, so we're gonna do this music video, right? Right. I'm going to turn into a cat and then I'm going to disappear like some sand and I'm going to dance with all these Egyptian <laughs> people and Magic Johnson is going to chase me around. Right. <laughs> Magic was in there chasing him around because he was a guard. I forgot about that. Like, only he had the clout. And everybody's just like, okay, yeah, it is Michael Jackson. Michael, you know, the thing I love about that video too is his smile in the video. Mm-hmm. He was having so much oh fun. Oh my God. He was having so much fun and he looked so happy and his smile was just gorgeous. Like, I mean, it was anyway, but like in that video in particular or whatever, I was like, God, he looks so happy, like in this moment. He did. That was the first um, video that uh, Fatima Robinson did, um, mm-hmm. who's like a famous choreographer that I'm a huge fan of. Um, 
Yeah, she worked with Aaliyah a lot, too. She did. She also worked with Backstreet Boys, which is why I know her. Yep. Um, but, like, that that video is just beautiful from top to bottom. Like, and I, like, I remember trying to, like, do the dance moves and stuff. Like, I was super happy when the Michael Jackson experience came out because I was like, ooh, now I can learn, like, all the actual dance moves. But, realistically, they weren't the actual dance moves in the video game, which made me sad a little bit. But, you know, neither here nor there. Um, right. Michael is definitely in that list of artists where, like, I would watch their videos all the time and try to copy the dance moves, um, especially for Remember the Time, because that video, that video is just fun to watch. Like, you got to watch the extended version with the entire movie. Like, you can't watch just, like, the shortcut. You have to watch the whole thing. Yeah, it's not enough to just watch the shortcut. Like, when I see, when I watch, when I sit down, if I'm going to sit down and, like, look it up on YouTube, I got to find the whole version. Mm-hmm. Because I want to see it all. Like, I mean, it's just nobody tells stories the way that that Mike laid out stories. Right. Like, I don't even know how his brain works to come up with that concept. But I thank God that he exists because that video is such a treasure. (laughs) Like, such a treasure. Right, right. So let's wrap it up with, since we did women that could have gotten a little bit more shine and and everything, how about dudes that should have got more shine? I mean, to me, the first person I think about is... Joe. I love him so much. His voice. I love Joe so much. He's got a great voice. Does his thing. Like he just sings and then he like rides off into the sunset. And he comes back and he sings and then he just rides off into the sunset. Like just can can Tyrese and Genuine be more like him? <laughs> Thank you. That's it. You never hear about Joe saying anything crazy. You know, he shows up, he does his thing. He dropped an album last year. Mm-hmm. Or was it earlier this year? And it's really good. Um, I'm not I checked surprised. out the whole thing on. Yeah, I checked out the whole thing on Spotify, and I really, really enjoyed it or whatever. Like Joe's been consistently dropping good music, but I just feel like he never gets his his fair due, his recognition. Like people remember, like you know, Stutter and and all the songs he came out, mm-hmm. like you know, all the things your man won't do and stuff. And those songs are great, and that's kind of what put him on the map in the '90s. But I mean, he's been releasing consistently good music for twenty something years now. Must be nice, man. And see, like that's what you need to do. You just find your fan base and stick with it and just cater to them and that's all you need to right. do like he can just continue to make consistently good music probably on his own i'm fairly certain he's like independent or with like a smaller label or something now um right just do the thing do the thing like do the thing that you're good at um so i love to see more from him uh, and him to get some more shine I need somebody to explain to me what happened to Soul For Real. Like, Where is Soul For Real? Exactly. It's What happened to him? Candy Rain is my favorite. Yeah, they were a two-hit wonder, technically. I don't even remember the second song. No, Every Little Thing I Do. Okay, I do remember Every Little Thing I Do, yeah. So, Soul For... Candy Rain and Think Of You by Usher are probably my two favorite R&B songs ever. Like, ever, ever, forever, ever. Like, if I'm going to oh. listen to two songs, it's going to be those two. Um, yeah, some Joker tried to remake Candy Rain, like, a couple of years ago. And I was absolutely like, not. don't touch it. What is this? Don't touch it. Don't touch that song. Like, so for real, if they didn't do anything else, they did Candy Rain. Perfect. Right. Perfect R&B song. Like, a perfect R&B song. You can't mess with it. You really can't. It's a fantastic song. I still play it quite often. And I wish that, you know, they would have had more singles on top of the two that they had and continued to rock. Because I would have been, like, as much of a stand as I am for, like, 
the Backstreet Boys or like was a fan of B2K, like if they would have lasted mm-hmm. longer, like they would have been the group that I stood for. Like that would have been that group. Um, but we only got two songs and it makes me sad. I know there were a lot of groups in the uh, like 90s R&B groups that kind of just came and did a couple of songs here and there because you had like them and Troop and, you know, a couple of other groups that just kind of released a few random songs and then you just really didn't hear a whole lot right. from them again. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I guess it was just, I guess you had Boys to Men and other people like that. They were just dominating, mm-hmm. you know? Labels tend to like, mm-hmm. once they see somebody doing great, it's like, all right, well, bump the rest of y'all. We're going to put all our money into this person over here. Right. And it's not right. really fair. Like, there should be more artists out there, you know, being able to sustain themselves. Like, you know, give. Right. And what about uh, Shy? Remember they did the acapella song, yes. If I Ever Fall in Love Again? Do they have any other songs? Did they ever do anything I else? I doubt it. Because they could really sing. I really doubt it. Um, it was funny. So, when I went to school at GTCC, I was in like a band or whatever. And Pentatonix uh, did a cover of that song with Jason Derulo. And so this other girl that was in my band, her name is Sarah. Hi, Sarah, if you're listening. Uh, She played me the Pentatonix version because it was the first time she had ever heard that song, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, are you telling me that this is the first time you've ever heard this song? And she was like, yeah, she's white. So, you know, (laughs) I was like, okay, wait, (laughs) stop that song right now. And so I played. Let me let me put you on to the original. <laughs> right, I was like, uh-uh, no, stop, stop right now. Like, and I played her the original one, and she was like, oh my god, I didn't know this was a cover. It's like, well, it's pentatonix, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what they do. But right. Also, like the original is so much better. She fell in love. It is. I mean, theirs was good or whatever. I remember hearing that, but I mean, nobody touches the shot. Nobody. Version. I just, I was so surprised that they just never did anything. I was like, they had that one, and it's so weird because I mean. How many songs are a hit like that in their acapella? Exactly. Not a lot of groups have the capability of doing that. Like, they they really don't. Like, it's very, very hard to sing a song acapella because it's very easy for, like, one person to be singing off-key and then it's a wreck. Like, Right. That song is a one of the seven wonders of the world. It has to be. Um, just the vocal arranging on that. Like, that person... The person that did the vocal arrangements on that is a genius because there's they did they did their thing they they killed that like i don't think that anybody could do better it's just that song's perfect it really is like i don't use that i don't throw that song out off that word out often but that song is really perfect it's one of those things where it's like it's a perfect storm of all the good things happening at one time because right there aren't name another acapella song out there that was that big you can't. Mm-mm. I can't really. I can't really think of one. I mean, and that's why you know. That's why I said that. I was like, I just the the fact that that song was so huge and stuff. I don't know. I mean, it's something about like there are a lot of great artists making good music and stuff now. Don't get me wrong. Both mainstream artists and and artists that may not be as well known to the general public and stuff. But it was something about nineties R and B and just the emotion behind yeah. it. You know, it's a. I mean, just that pure raw emotion and like now so many of the R&B artists are so many of the mainstream R&B artists, let's say it that way, are trying to lean a little bit too far over into the hip hop category. 
Um, you know, and I'm all for a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of freaky lyrics and, you know, you tell me what you want to do to me and stuff. But like, they're like, I want to grab you by the neck and choke you until you black out. And I'm like, is that R&B music? Is that sexy? Does that, I mean, maybe to turn somebody on, but I'm like, I don't know. I just want people to sing it. Just sing about feelings. Yeah. Just do a Tammy Campbell. Just ask me, can we talk? Yeah, but see, people don't want to feel feelings these days. That's not really what people want to do. It's feel feelings like, you know, we people this day and age. And I mean, it's been a thing always, um, you know, hiding their emotions or using something, some exterior substance to suppress them so they don't have to feel them. People ain't really trying to feel stuff anymore, which is very strange and also like not healthy. Um, Oh, yeah. So, you know, the music just doesn't have the feeling anymore. And like another thing, like I don't want to get in a rant. Uh, too long of a rant about the music industry and like the state of the music industry now but people aren't making albums anymore mm-hmm. right they make singles and then make 12 of them in rapid succession and put them together and call it a day whereas like yeah, and it doesn't have any cohesiveness right, to like it. you go back and listen to never say never and never say never has a vibe throughout the entire album Right. Or you go back and listen to like 112 or Joe, or you go back and listen to the AJ Nothing But Tony, Another Tony, album. Tone. Or anything from the 90s. Like every album has like a particular vibe to it throughout the entire album. Velvet Rope right. is great at this too. Like it's got a vibe throughout the entire album. Um, that's back when people were making concept albums. Like, right. Not everybody, people aren't doing that now, um, which is why it sounds different. And, it's part of the reason why, like, you see people on Twitter or you see the memes and stuff like that. If it doesn't feel like 90s R&B, I don't want it. Um, right. There's a reason. Like, the 90s had a vibe, and it's never been duplicated. Probably never will be, but right. that's fine. Um, but I kind of wish that music would kind of go back just a little bit. Just just a scotch. <laughs> like, just a little bit. Um, yeah, like I said, a lot of the artists that are kind of, you know, doing that, they just, they're not really getting the shine that they should right. Really yeah, sad. I do. I want. I want. To, I want more of the feelings. Like I said, I mean, Tevin Campbell. I mean, he's one of my one of my favorite, you know, male artists from from the '90s and everything. It's just, I mean, just smooth, sweet, sensitive lyrics. Like people should still care about this, though. Like it's just just innocent, you know. Yeah. Oh, the '90s. I miss them. Can we go back? I do too. Can we go back, please? Where's the time machine? Unfortunately, we're here. We making the best of it and stuff. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> but like you said, I mean, the people on Twitter say it say it best or whatever, and I don't say that often, but they really do say it best when they say if it ain't like nineties R and B. I don't know. Yeah, like I said, it, to me, it's just too. It's I don't. I feel like a lot of the mainstream R and B artists are trying too hard to be hip hop. Like when Usher did that, what was it like the No Limit song or something like that? I'm like. Yeah, I listened to oh, maybe sure. half oh, of it and I was like, mm, but nope. I'm like, I don't want this from you. Like, if I want to listen to rap, I just go listen to somebody that does rap. Like, if, I want you to sing to me. If I wanted to listen to a song called No Limit, I would go listen to Master P. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just go listen to rap music. Like, I don't want to listen to an R&B song that sounds like a rap song where, like, it's not, it's, it's, it's not sexy. Like, and there are ways to do it because Barry J. Blige, like we've discussed, patented it. Like, right. There's a way to do it. Yeah, there's a way to definitely blend blend in both of them, or whatever, without just going like too far in the other in the other direction. Right. 
And so I guess that's why now, like, I still listen to Joe. I still listen to Tamia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still try to check out a lot of the artists that did come out in the 90s that are still making music and kind of staying in their lane that they're used to and staying true to who they are. And I try to support them the best that I can, right. you know? Right. Because, I mean, that's what we say we want, right? So if they're out there, they're making the music and stuff, you got to get out there and support it. I mean, you know, with a listen or something like that. Um, and I definitely like to see them. I've never, I haven't seen either one of them before, I don't think. And so I'd like to see Joe or Tamia in concert one day. That would be nice. Hmm. I might have to find out what they're doing. Hmm. So any more thoughts about 90s R&B music? Nope. Just take me back. That's all I ask. <laughs> take me back. I'm good. I think we covered as much as we could. Um, of course, we can't cover the full gamut of it. There are probably so many people that we didn't name or didn't have time to name or forgot to name. Because if we tried to name everybody, this podcast will be four hours long. Right. And no one wants to listen to a four hour podcast. So we did the best we could to kind of condense it down a little bit. But who were your favorite 90s R&B artists and groups and stuff? Um, let us know on Twitter and on Instagram. Use the hashtag Nostalgia Mix Pod where checking it we're looking for your responses um you can also send us an email at nostalgiamixpod at gmail.com if you want to communicate with us that way and make sure that you rate our podcast on itunes um it kind of helps us bump up a little bit in the ranking so if somebody were to go to apple podcast and do a search for nostalgia it'll kind of put us a little bit closer to the top but that is all we have for today and we will see you guys next time y'all have a wonderful week Okay, bye. Bye.